goodness. Okay, nearly, nearly done with everything I need to get done today. Greetings! I have come here from another place that is like this place, but slightly different. How slightly are we talking? Is this like a parallel universe or something? Yes, parallel universe. We've invented parallel universe technology to travel between them. Okay. Have you that yet? Uh, no, not yet. Not no. yet. Um, okay. Do you notice anything different immediately coming out the, out the, out the portal? You don't seem to have my chemical romance as a giant holographic thing above the cityscape, towering above you, telling you all the good my chemical romance songs. No, not not yet in this uh, timeline. They have not the... evolved to that level yet. No, no, the pandemic got in the way of their uh, their reunion tour. Pandemic. Oh yeah, that's uh, you should probably uh, put this put this on until you head back to your dimension. Mm, I don't know if you should go back to your dimension. <laughs> so it goes like this. No, over the mouth and the nose. Over the mouth and nose. Ah, like this. Yes, yes. And it stays like that, does it? Yes. Um, for at least the next probably six to eight months. Six to eight months. This is disappointing. It it is. It is. Um. Sorry if I seem distracted. I was I was just trying to come up with some some skits for. Uh, what for... is skits? Oh, like a humorous situation. Humor. Oh no, you don't have you don't have humor. Humor. Okay. Huh. Mm. What is humor? Um, is it like bacon? No. Sometimes a thing will have multiple meanings or multiple interpretations, which. Uh, are unexpected and that is amusing. Homophones. Sort sort of, sort of. Um why did the octopus laugh? Because it was happy? <gasps> because someone gave it ten tickles. You see? T I tentacles. See, it was tickled and so it laughed. Yes, but also t tentacles oh. are a thing it has. There are two meanings, you see. Yes, there are two meanings in that case. That is clever wordplay that you have done. Tell me another yoke. Knock, knock. Come in. No, no, no. Uh, when I say knock, knock, uh, you, you respond with who's there. We do a sort of call and response. I see. And then I'll I'll say who it is, and then you say that 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 name who, and then I'll respond with a amusing punchline that will have more than one meaning. I see. So, Social agreement, yes. So knock knock. Whomst is there? Uh boo. Boo hoo. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't need to cry. I I hope you're okay. Because it sounded like you said boo-hoo, the sound of crying. But ah. in fact, you were, you were playing into the preconceived role in this call and response I, I, forced, ah. I tricked you into. Ah, ah, yes. Yes, this is very clever. Anyway, I must now leave through this frigid oh. portal back oh. to my own oh, dimension. Oh, no, no, you can't. If you don't have the pandemic in your timeline, you cannot go back until vaccine rollout's finished and you're... Uh, Otherwise, your timeline's going to have a very bad time. Oh, well, I will close the frigid portal. Goodbye, cold open. That was a joke. That was a joke. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies. We talk about the things we've consumed in our week. How are you doing? Ah, uh, sleepy. Yeah, sleepy. Also, ah, ah. We're going to be doing a lot of excited ah, ah. today. Today's been a good day. Good day. It's been a good day. We have got some good news today. Mm -hmm. That good news being that I now have thirty speedrunning records in a Pokemon Edutainment game from two decades ago. Gosh darn right. Yep, that's Poke why we're Roms. excited. Yep, Pokerom. No, we're excited because we we got paperwork finished. Paperwork. Girl forms. Girl forms. Girl forms. Girl Birth forms. certificate say girl. Yeah. You can't stop us now. Nope. Paperwork says so. Mm -hmm. So we we've just been sort of walking into the room and sort of squealing at each other all day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm, mm -hmm, ah, mm -hmm. ah, ah, ah. 
I've been doing a lot of happy stimming. I've just been not sure where to put all the energy. I've been bouncing a lot. Yeah, lots of just repetitive energy movements. Ah, but we we are having a good day, and we're here to do a podcast now. So we should probably start with things we've played this week. We've played. What have you played this week? We played some things together. Yeah, tell me about what we've played together. Uh, we had a go at Smash Up Marvel Edition. Oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah. So, conceptually, I like this game. I feel like its balance is a little off. Y- yeah. So the Smash Up series is basically you get a you get a core box. You get eight factions. You're supposed to be able to jam any two of them together to make a forty card deck. And the uh, your opponent takes an, another two factions and makes a forty card deck for them. And then you fight, and it could be... I think the original series was, like, monsters, so, like, vampires and pirates and ninjas, and I realise most of those aren't monsters, but zombies and stuff. Yeah. Sort of things that people think are Fantasy cool. Fantasy creatures. Cool. No, ninjas were real. Yeah, yeah, pirates but not in, real. not in the sense that, like, the, the, the way they're drawn on those cards. No, probably not. Like, those those ninjas and pirates are fantasy creatures. <laughs> ah, the fantasy ninja. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, uh, but we got the Marvel edition, so we had, like, uh, the Ultimates and the... Um, Sinister Six. Sinister Six. Uh, the Avengers. The Avengers. Spider the people. Spiders people. Yeah. So, conceptually, it's a really simple game. You've got locations that have uh, a, a strength value, and every turn you can play one character from your hand and one action card from your hand. Mm-hmm. Characters will have a value that will add up towards that uh, that location's strength, and action cards will do different things that will bolster your stats or move things around and or you know weaken the other team. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're trying to do is get the collective strength of you and your opponent's uh, characters on a location to be above the strength of that location, which triggers scoring. And then whichever player um, manages to have the most uh, strength in that location, they win that location, and yep. you go until a certain number of points. Are 15 won. points. Yeah, it is a mechanically simple game, but I was... I was pretty pleased with how much uh, complexity there was in trying to decide what to do with your limited actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art on the cards is nice. Um, the actions all have interesting um, ways they play out. Yeah. The problem is the idea of just pick any two of your favourites and play and it'll be fine doesn't really work. No. Do you want to talk about your experience? Um, I, I Now, admittedly, I picked like two... Harder factions. Yeah. I picked the Ultimates, which seemed like a good pick. So I had, like, um, is it America Chavez? Yeah. And uh, Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel. Uh, Blue Marvel. Blue Marvel. Marvels. Yeah. There were Marvels in there. They were marvellous. Ha! I also played the Sinister Six. So I had uh, Vulture and um, Mysterio. Yeah. And some others. Uh, but th- with the exception of Captain Marvel and I suppose Mysterio, Mysterio is like a level four, like mm. most of the characters were like twos and threes. Yeah. So each of these like sub factions that you can use to build half of your deck have a difficulty to play. But what they lack is any information about like overall play style you should be thinking about. Because the problem you had was essentially that you picked two support classes and didn't pick a heavy hitter. To pair with your support. Indeed. Because, um, like, I, you know, looked at the Avengers and they were listed as easy. What what that means is every single character in the pack has a strength of five, which is the highest it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that definitely helped me. Mm. Um, like, I had a good pair of cards because I had the Avengers and I had the Spider People. And the Spider People were good at uh, support and the Avengers had good base stats and together that worked nicely. Mm-hmm. But, like, you had the Sinister Six who were all about lowering the threshold to get points, but you didn't have any heavy hitters to, like, push that didn't over the edge. Didn't have anything to push it out. Like, and the other thing with the Sinister Six is a lot of their power relies on fucking about with the power level of the place you are, or, or the, of the base that you're trying to take over. Yeah. So if if the level... It doesn't really matter what the level is... 
Because you will always get second place if the other person has more power there than you. Yes. And with the Sinister Six, it's like, there's no real way of bolstering those characters. Mm. Like, if they'd also, as as well as, oh yeah, we can, we can like, sabotage the structure of, of the base. And also, here's a way of powering up all your characters. But mostly it was, we can yeah. take a little bit off your enemies... But ultimately, like, you have to be really careful yeah. that you're not going to take it over at the wrong time. Yeah. And there's you just going, I'll put a five in there, and another five in there, and another five in there, and I'll put a five in there, and I'll power that one up. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Um. Yeah. And your other faction was all about moving characters um, and getting bonuses the turn you move them. Yes. The problem is, is that the bonuses you got for moving them and the base stats you were improving upon really weren't good enough to justify that like yeah like blue marvel was a level two character gets a plus one for moving yeah like i think that's a really interesting mechanic if let's say um let's say blue marvel had been like typically like a three but gains plus three the turn you move them so they're weaker than say the the avengers at five but if you move them into a location they're stronger than the avengers um like have something like, okay, they are stronger than these characters that don't have to do anything for their strength, but only if you get their win condition. Yeah, there's also only one card in the entire like deck of that side um, that will allow you to move all of your characters. Yeah, that felt like it needed to be like a pretty regular like, thing to like make that two work. Two or three out of the deck of 20 would have made that a bit better, but having just one that does all of it... Because a lot of the time I kept finding myself like... Oh yeah, I can do this, which is a, a single turn thing to uh, lower the base uh, level. Um, but I also need to do another action, which would be move a bunch of things there. Otherwise, there's just it doesn't do anything practical. I needed to be able to do like two actions, or multiple characters, or move multiple characters. Mm. Nothing was gelling yeah. at all. So I I I want to play more of this. I think that there is an interesting game in there, but I think that now that we've played it and understand the mechanics, it might be worth us looking through the decks before mm. we put them together to go. Does this synergize well with this one? Yes, because I think that like that the idea of just pick your favorites and it'll work doesn't work. Nope. You need to you need to actually think about it in terms of deck composition. And and maybe it did with the original series because. The thing seems to be with this that they can all be paired together. Mm. So I'm wondering if it isn't a case of, hey, to make this work with older episodes of this, we've we've just had to make some sort of Frankenstein oh, of mechanics. I, I have a different read, which is that um, I think that Marvel has probably intervened and really fucked up the balance of this game because they want certain characters to be... Um, objectively more powerful than other characters Mm. um, because they have their sort of lore sheet of who is the most powerful characters which would explain why the core cast of Avengers deck is all fives Um, but why isn't Captain Marvel higher then? uh, I don't know I, I, I feel like there is a certain degree of we can't have at any point, Blue Marvel be more powerful than an Avenger because that's not what the lore says I feel like there's some of that going on mm-hmm. um my knowledge would suggest that marvel <laughs> has very strict beliefs about what people should do with their ip probably yeah yeah what about you have you got any others uh we played a roll and write game together we did we played palatial yeah this was one that came in your uh well both this and the last one came in yes. your zatu zatu box this month when your release box yeah yeah so Palatial is a game where you are basically trying to fill up a grid using tetrominoes uh, as a result of dice rolls. Yes. Um, you roll two d6s and you'll get, say, let's say you've got a three and a six. Mm-hmm. Um, the grid is split up into one, two, three, four, five, six as the areas, and you have six different tetromino shapes. And when you roll a three and a six, both players will look and go, I either need to put tetromino number three in area number six or Tetromino number six in area number three. Mm-hmm. You can pick which way round to use those numbers as Tetromino and location. Because mm-hmm. you're both using the same dice roll. Which yeah. means that you don't... Unless you are using the same moves every single time and putting them in the same place, you're not going to have the same outcome. Yeah. Again. You've got the same layout of board, but obviously like you can decide how to rotate, how to flip, how mm-hmm. to mirror your piece. Um, yeah. 
whether you're choosing the location or the piece on each particular role, um, which I think went a long way to helping it not feel too luck dependent because you always had at least two choices to play around with. Yeah. Uh, and the general idea is that once someone playing has had three turns in which they couldn't put down a piece um, based on the role, the game ends and you tally up score. There are certain spaces you definitely want to cover up because you'll lose points if you don't cover them, mm -hmm. and certain spots that you want to leave uncovered because you get bonuses for leaving them uncovered. Oh, yes. Um, and it's basically try and cover as much of the right areas of the map as you can. Yeah, and we managed to knock out a game in about 15 minutes. It's a really simple but very fun little game, this. Yeah. Uh, like, admittedly, this is the first Roll and Write I've played outside of Yahtzee, so... <laughs> It was it it was a fun experience. I would be curious to see if there are other things that are a bit deeper. It's nice to play a roll and write where you rolled the wrong numbers doesn't just mean oops you don't get to do anything this turn. Mm -hmm. Generally, it's like okay, what are my options? There's probably something I can do. It might not be what I want to do, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that it, very short, very simple game. Mm -hmm. It's nice to have one that you can play with just a couple of scraps of paper, a pen, and two dice. Yeah. Like, imagine this be a nice travel game. Yeah, I think you could probably play this travelling yeah. very easily. Uh, what about you? What have you played this week? Oh, we played some other board games. We played through uh, Forbidden Skies. We did. That is that board game where you lay down pieces of a a, a board in order to try and lay out... An electrical circuit to help a spaceship go off and you do an actual circuit. Yeah, so this is the sequel to Forbidden Desert. Yep. In fact, you if you look at the, the starting tile, you can actually see the, the flying ship from Forbidden Desert yeah. that you built. And basically you are on this sky platform trying to power up a, a ship to fly away. Um, but that will require you to have a certain number of capacitors of certain sizes and lightning rods and there is a huge storm going on, there is a risk of you being blown off, so you've got to make sure that you've got enough rope to stay on, or hide in a windbreak, or if lightning strikes, you want to probably want to be hiding in a, a Faraday cage, and all of these are things that you sort of lay procedurally out. The wind will change directions, the wind will pick up, and you'll have to draw more cards out of the, the storm deck. And yeah, it's got a lot of the mechanics that we've seen in uh, Forbidden Island and Forbidden Desert, also Matt Leacock Games, who, who made um, Pandemic. Yeah, and it's... it's. I think they have refined things pretty well, because we've yeah. played Desert. Yes. In fact, I've bought Desert... Well, we've bought Desert for two separate groups of friends as, like, gifts. Yeah. And and played with them, and it's it's been a good fun time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, Skies is is a, a pretty fascinating one. streamlined in some good ways. Um, it, I very much like the tactility of getting to make the working electrical circuit to make the, sh the rocket go. When, when, when you get all the circuits together and you put the last one on, the rocket starts firing itself. It makes, it it makes the sounds and it flashes lights and you can pretend they're rockets and go off. It's mm. good. It's it is a good game. I like it's this fun. a lot. It's it's a it's a fun tactile game and it's nice cooperative elements, good yeah. uh, character class options yeah, to play it's, as. It's very thinky and also like if you played the other games, like you'll recognise some of the things of like oh I know the sort of things this character yeah. can do. I, I like the structure of the constantly ticking clock of oh yeah, you can you can take your time and go slow and be safe, but the storm's counters worse. the stops the storm's getting worse. It's going to get worse exponentially. Ooh. Although that, f that first set through, we made it almost through the entire storm deck before we get the shuffle them all back in. Yes, we did. So we we, we did all right, actually. We had a pretty... Because sometimes you'll just pick that up in the first couple of times and the the storm's getting worse and worse and worse. You have a real panicky one. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm, I have a lot of fun with that one. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to playing it again and with higher player counts. Yeah. Uh, we played some more Flatline. We did this week, which is another board game. This is one that we uh, we 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 played originally back over a sort of UDP time. Yeah, I think we last played it on like the twenty eighth of December. Yeah. So Flatline is a game about trying to save patients by oh, doing by dice rolls. Lives. Yeah. So you've got a handful of dice. 
Uh, there will be big emergencies that you have to deal with, otherwise there's big consequences and you might lose the game. There's um, things that you might want to clear off because they have negative consequences. But generally, you are rolling dice, trying to work out where to place them on patients with illnesses in order to like um, get certain pieces off the board. Um, conferring under a time limit, very stressed. Uh, you've got you've got the ability to re-roll at a cost, and it's basically you've got a minute. Try and fix as many things as you can in a panic. Uh, how 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 do you find Flatline? I I really enjoy it. It's although we we played with the app, yes. uh, which reminds you of what the the steps are, which is quite handy. But the one minute countdown timer has all these random sound samples in the back. Yeah. And it's really off-putting, especially since some of them are just counting numbers that are not the numbers the timer's currently Ew. on. Yeah, so you might just have like, oh, you've got all these sounds of panic and sirens. That's, you know, kind of fitting. And then a woman will just be like, 23, 14, 8, 11. And you're like, um, don't make me panic like this. How long have we got left? What are you wittering about? <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, it is another one where it's a dice rolling game where there's enough flexibility about what to do with your dice mm -hmm. and how to re-roll your dice and abilities that you can use to fix your bad rolls that it doesn't feel too luck dependent. Yeah, because you've got re-rolls, you've got the ability to... Um, like, there's so many places you can put a die. Yeah, there's there's lots of stuff like if you fix the big emergency cards that come up, you'll get positive single-use cards that you can use later to, like, change any one of your dice to a different face or something, mm -hmm. and there's usually lots of... It's not a problem of finding something to do with your dice, it's, I've only got 60 seconds and my brain has frozen because there's a timer going, and where the hell do I put these? Yeah, there's, there is that sort of panic of, oh god, what to do? The, the timer is integral to this game. Yes. The game would not be a game without the panic of, oh god, I only have 60 seconds to place these somewhere. I, I imagine if you were playing with, like, younger people, you might think about maybe adding an extra 30 seconds or something, but generally I think, like, yeah. a minute is a good amount of time. A minute is a frantic time. amount of time. Yes. But in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you'll occasionally have, like, two or three dice that you're like, this was a bad round, I couldn't work out where to put these, but... Yeah, I committed to one thing too early, and maybe yeah. I didn't have enough options but later on. usually you'll sort of just, as the time's running out, be slapping down your last dice and feel mm -hmm. like, I just managed this. Yeah. Or you'll get to about 30 seconds ago, well, we've done that. <laughs> Occasion <laughs> occasionally, yes. Yeah. And it's usually the ones where you've got so many, like, orange emergencies going on. It's like, we yeah. have to deal with this immediately. Ah! We had nothing left after we dealt with the emergency things we had to do right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Flatline. Yeah, it's a great one. What about you? What about me? Well, that's a good question. Well, uh, we played another thing together. We did. We played some Scythe. Uh, Curse of Fenris. Curse uh, of Fenris. Rise of Fenris. Rise of Fenris. Rise of Fenris. Fenris one. The, the Wolfie. The campaign. The woo. We play, yeah, we played the um, resettable campaign for uh, Scythe. I played through this on my own just before UDP. Um, or over UDP, maybe? Yeah. I yeah, I think you might have still been making Gundam. I time. think so. I think that's right. Yeah, so I kind of know the, the story beats of this. But yeah. that's not really the important thing. It's no. it's an excuse to play Scythe with modifiers. Yeah. So I came into this having played um, things like Pandemic Legacy. Yeah. Um, and came into this having not played like a ongoing campaign, uh, competitive mm -hmm. game. And it was certainly a thing to be like, oh, because here's the thing. So we've talked about Scythe before. It is a game with sort of post-industrial uh, steam mechs. Uh, do it, do in wars, yeah. and it's a game that can finish very, very suddenly. And if yes. you've not done your last couple of turns of I'm going to spread everything out so that my, you know, I'm covering hexes, so I get my points. Mm -hmm. You can really lose by quite a long way if you don't yeah. prep for the end in time. Yeah, I mean, you can usually see it coming because, like, you will notice that. Oh, okay, they are definitely. Definitely starting to spread out now. Yeah, but the 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 difference of like, oh, I reckon I've got like two more turns to finish this, uh, can suddenly turn into, oops, I have like very few points because I was still finishing that. 
Yeah, the error the error control aspect can be one of the hardest ones to to juggle. Like especially, like I found playing against the automat. Like I went from someone who usually plays in like two or three hexes for most of the game to. Yeah. Oh shit! I I need to be spread out for more of the game overall, and then yeah. generally not always produce as much as I would hope to. I feel very much the same way after this this game. And if we were to replay this campaign, I would definitely play very differently from game one. I felt like in that first game that you spent a lot more of the game like well spread out. Yeah, because the problem is is toward late game, and this was my fuck up. I condensed my units to try and do a big batch of production to then spread back out. I was mm. like, let's try and get some stuff uh, so that I can get multiplied points on production before I spread out and get those those spread points. Yeah. But I really p- placed that gamble badly. Mm. And then the score sheets are like, oh, I have to keep track of how much you beat me by? Oh no. Oops. It's fine. It's, ju- it's literally the final score is going to be the only thing that... The final score is the most important thing for victory. I don't know. I think, like, if you can win matches, and and like I've said, like, there are things in this game which will just end a game. Yeah. Like, before you've even realised it, it's like, oh, you did the secondary objective in this game, well, that's just triggered game end. (laughs) Cool, that's it. It's over. Oh, oh, uh, I... I just produced my third work. Uh, um, uh. Yeah, I'm intrigued by this. I'm curious to see where it's going. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's it's really fascinating, especially fascinating, like especially if you've played a lot of Scythe and then moved from that to, ooh, now mods are an option. Ooh, ooh. that's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, what about you? Uh, else? The only other thing I've really played this week, and I sort of alluded to this earlier, is I've been playing several hours of Pokerom. Pokerom. That is an officially licensed product, and not just me downloading emulator ROMs <laughs> off of the internet. Uh, fun fact: when trying to find this particular bit of edutainment uh, abandonware, searching Pokerom as a single word <laughs> just brings you up emulation sites. I'm like, mm. no, I want 2000s PC. Learn learning game for children. Um, so here's what Pokerom is. In the 2000 and for like a year or so afterwards, the Pokemon Company released CDs, and I need to show you one of these discs because they are quite something. Uh, if you're listening, look up the discs for Pokerom. Um, that's the shape of the disc. Did they come on packets of cereal or something? No, no, they came in, you know, little uh, blister packs like this. Oh, so look like Pokemon cards. Yeah, sort of to look like Pokemon cards. So if you're not looking at the image, it's a CD that someone, like, cut two of the edges off, so it's... What if we made a round thing and then just cut the sides off because it doesn't fit in this sleeve? Yeah, what if someone cut, like, the left and right side off a CD-ROM so it would fit in a rectangular sleeve? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they looked at the, the GameCube discs and were like, hold my beer. Yeah. Also, they're tiny. Look at the size of that. They were like GameCube disc size. What if GameCube disc but even smaller? Yeah. So these are weird little discs. They sold, less date they sold for $9 per disc um, back in 2000. So 20 years, however much inflation. Um, and it was basically... Do a bunch of maths puzzles to see a pic- a, f- a JPEG of a Pokemon. Mm. And there are five difficulty modes, depending on, like, are you in first through fifth grade? Every single one of these discs, and they made 23 of them, Yikes. is just... Do five difficulty modes of math problems and see a, a, JPEG, a different JPEG of a Squirtle when you're done. I'm not brave enough to do that on stream. I did that on stream. Um, so the basic idea is you've got a grid of, I think it's 24 squares, and you click on one square and you'll see what's underneath it, and it might be like one plus three, so that's four. And then another square somewhere else on the grid might have four ge- a picture of four Geodudes under it. It's like, ah, those two match, and you turn them both over at the same time. They clear off the board, you try and do all 24 as fast as you can. but with Basically. So I discovered that this game existed on speedrun.com and um it's not that it's never been speedrun uh, about 2 weeks ago grug uh, my my rival <laughs> in in speedrunning grug 
uh, speed round like five levels of this. They did the first grade to like the five-year-olds level for like four of the discs and then the fifth grade for Mewtwo I think it was but like one of the games they did the fifth grade option mm. um, and then they never came back to it so I was like I'm not just going to do some scattershot ones here and there I did 30 levels worth of this across six characters and I now hold 30 Pokemon speedrunning records at doing maths. I noticed that you don't have the all grades one. No because I, I was like look if I'm going to do this on stream the whole the whole point of the stream was I wanted to see how many speedrunning world records I could set in a single stream. Um, I don't know what the, the record for that is. <laughs> I've got to feel like 30 speedrun first place records in a single stream is up there. I feel like it should be. Yeah. So I did a lot of maths. One thing I learned, my brain doesn't like having to do... Like, the numbers 1 plus 3 is the same as these four pictures of Geodude. Mm. Because one of those is the number bit of my brain that deals with these symbols mean these numbers. And the other bit is I have to engage visual processing and look and count and then turn that into a number. Mm. And it's not that I can't do that. It's that it's two separate parts of the brain and swapping back and forth between them... My... Task switching? Hell no. No, my brain likes one task and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I did much better as soon as it was like, oh, just numbers sorted. Um, so yeah, it, I basically did maths. Um, for, for some reason, third grade, most difficult, always the one I was slowest at. Um, because it was just addition and subtraction, but like it was... It was just very large numbers that just are time consuming to like to to do the to to make them work in your head. Mm-hmm. Um as soon as like it goes to fourth and fifth grade and they start doing multiplication, I'm like, oh you're doing basic multiplication. That's much that's much quicker. That's muscle memory. I know mm. my times tables. Um, you know big addition and subtraction, I have to actually engage my brain. Mm. Um See, so, yeah, I currently hold 30 Pokemon speedrunning records. Congratulations. Um, there's also a little sanctuary where you can go and see your Pokemon mm. in the in their natural habitat. By which I mean, find their grid square and look at some JPEGs of them. Hashtag JPEGs. Hashtag, hashtag JPEGs. JPEGs. Also, you can do a little quiz, which is available in multiplayer, <gasps> where you, you, you answer questions correctly to make your Gengar run a race. Aww. Um... So yeah, I'm very smart. I can do maths problems designed for small children. I'm very smart. Still not brave enough to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that. That's what I played this week. What about you? Did you play anything else this week? Um, I played more Deep Rock Galactic, but I think we've we've talked all week. We can both about played that it. We're both having fun with it still. Yeah. Well then, time, time for this. And it's here. In the hallway, where we see two queer trans ladies. And it seems that they've had some very good news about some paperwork they've been expecting for a while. Oh my god, is this, is this, is this? this, 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 and it is in this way that they shall continue back and forth, just squeeing and bouncing, flapping happily, as they continue for the rest of the day, periodically meeting in rooms and squeeing some further. I happen to get Says girl. Says girl. It's fem fem femil. Fem fem girl. Fem famil. Fem 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 fem. Feminim. 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 Nature beautiful. Hi, so i um, just been trying to work out how we're going to sell our latest New Age bullshit. Yes? Yes, well, you know those, um, those pads we got? They're supposed to be, like, really fragrant and stuff, and, uh, but I've noticed that they sort of go black after a few minutes after you've pulled the, the tab off to release the nice smells. Yes, yes, that's a, that's a bit of a drawback to the design, I know. Yes, it's a real shame, because, it, like, it's the best way to sort of 
transfer the, the essential oils and the herbs that are in there, but for some reason they just sort of go black and it looks really weird. If only we could use that as a selling point of some kind. Well, what about this? What if we uh, we tell people to put it on their skin or somewhere, uh, their, their feet or something, <gasps> and we'll say that it's uh, the black is actually just it's drawing out all the toxins. Ah, we take our natural downside of our product and turn it into a... Uh, a service slash lie. Exactly, and we'll say that, oh, it's it's very good at just drawing out all the energies. Now, oh, um, it's it's something to do with the uh, ions. Oh, ions. It'll improve the ions in the atmosphere that make you live longer, and your, your skin will be good as a result of that. Yes, yes. Or uh, vibra- high vibrational energy waves that emit from the base of your feet that oh. are put in, that you suck all the toxins out and the high vibrational energy waves are emitted through the scent of all the smells within the food. Now, what is another way that perhaps we could get people on board with buying our bullshit? Uh, well, maybe if we, we talk about the specifically selling these for feet use, because yes, yes. Uh, feet have souls, and don't you want your soul to be clean? Oh, is he? Yes, cleanse your soul cleanse your and soul. your soul yes, at the same time. Exactly. Yes. yes now, now, what if? Um, what about if people are like, well, I've never heard of this before. Surely this technology would be peer reviewed in some way. Well, what if we just say that science is lying and hiding it for no reason? Scientists don't want you to know about these footpad stickies because science, famously known for trying to keep advancement secret. Oh, they love keeping all the toxins in. They'll inject you with new ones. Oh, that's what I hear viruses are. Mm. Vaccines. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Have I gotten rid of that ghost yet? <laughs> no, I'm trying some quartz. <laughs> so, <gasps> what have you put in your eye meat? Not much this week. It's not been a very watched heavy week. Um... We did both watch together, no spoilers, the WandaVision finale. Mm. Um, I will say I enjoyed that series a lot. Um, I do feel like they really fucked around with people's expectations by dropping things that they knew would lead to people coming up with theories and then going, ah, lol, no. Lol, no. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's one that involves a pun about an erection. Uh, that that I feel like a lot of people are going to be upset about, and I understand that. Yep. Um, it feels weird to do that, the kind of foreshadowing that show did, and not pay it off, and it, and almost to, to deliberately just flick off anyone who had a flip off, not flick off. That would be way more fun. <laughs> uh, flip off anyone who'd been sort of like theorizing about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I liked the emotional payoff of the finale and how it all panned out. However, I do feel like they... I feel like this would have had more of an emotional punch had they not sort of uh, introduced a new character that sort of undercut a big... what was meant to be an emotional moment in the finale. Mm. Like, I should feel sad about this, except, you know, that character's out there and, I mean... I liked it a lot. I didn't think it stuck its landing as well as its it, it, its build up wasn't paid off as well as I had hoped. But I it, still had a good time. It left me feeling certainly towards like the last ten minutes of the episode, going, "Oh, this is going to be Age of Ultron all over again." It's a middle movie. <laughs> I mean, look. I, here's the thing. I feel like. All but the final episode, if you just... Actually, if you watch all but the final half episode, I think this is a really good, condensed, individual story that tells its story, and it it is. Mm-hmm. And then the last half of the last episode is basically, yeah, but are you ready for more Marvel TV shows, too? And films? And films? It, yeah. There, there was a lot of, we can't just let this finish, it has to have its hooks for other things. Mm. And it did that, I think, to the detriment of this story. Yes, agreed. It, yeah, and like that's not to say I didn't have a great time. I had a wonderful time watching, I thought yeah. its pacing and its structure was really good. Yeah. I 
will remember this very fondly. Mm. It's just, it's not perfect. I will continue singing yeah. Agatha all along. Yeah. Because it's a bop. It is a bop. Yeah. Good good show. Last episode does a lot of like, oh, oh, you know that? Th- oh, you know what we hinted? Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> How dare you be a fan of this thing? Hipsters. Yeah. Bloody hipsters. Come around here with your theories. Uh, what about you? What did you watch this week? Uh, we watched a thing together. <gasps> yes, we did. Uh, we watched the first ever 3D animation, 40 years old, 3D computer graphic Pixar 1972. This blew my mind. It's very impressive. Yeah, so this is a short film with a bunch of uh, computer animation. The first 3D computer animation ever done. Like, uh, okay, we've we've made a a 3D model of a hand. Like, we've literally... Like I, I guess probably like with um, like uh, plaster or something. Yeah. Just made made a model of a hand, and then they drew uh, all the rectangles to make polygons. Yeah. All over it. Then they scanned then they that into a computer that with a pen. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's quite a thing. So initially, it's just this three D model of a hand, and it's rotating in place. And you're like, oh, okay, that's pretty impressive that they managed that on the first try. Um, and then it starts, like, bending the hand, and, uh, sort of twisting the hand, and looking inside the hand, and then there's the faces. Yeah, and then there's, like, here's a wireframe face, here's the mesh we put over the face, here's the face moving. Here's the smoothing. Yeah, like, for a first attempt, this went far further than I thought it yeah. would. You You can understand how watching, knowing that the person, like, one of the people who was involved in making this ended up being head of Pixar, yes. you're like, oh yeah, I see how you ended up being at the forefront of 3D uh, yes, tech. Quite you, rightly. Yeah, you... You, you earned that. Yes. <laughs> you you worked out a lot of... Sh- you, you weren't content with, I made a hand. You were like, oh no, no, let me show you. Next thing, I'm going to make a hopping yeah. lamp. Ah, uh, The shading was really good as well. It yeah. was... Yeah. Something like the, the use of, of light in that. It did not look nearly as polygonal as I expected. Yeah. I mean, it's... Whatever film it was shot on or recorded onto is not the best in the world. It's like even on YouTube, it's it's pretty degraded, and I'm sure someone could probably clean it up. But still, it's it's very impressive, and you can find that yeah. on YouTube. That's on um, uh, Ranjit Menon's channel on YouTube. It is Let's a fascinating look into history. Well, uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Really, I've been. I just. Been, I'm gonna be honest. I've just been watching a bunch of TikToks because that's where my brain's been at. It's like, oh, work, work done. Finally, put ten second blasts of thing in my in in my brain. Mm-hmm. What about you? You put anything else in your eyes? I've watched the new Brian David Gilbert short. <gasps> yes, teaching Jake about the camcorder, January '97. Do you want to say anything about that? <laughs> it is a fascinating small art piece. Uh, that it's is creepy in so many ways. It's the kind of thing Brian David Gilbert would make. Yes. <laughs> when he's having one of his creepier moments rather than Yes. Like he does really good horror. I would like yeah. to, I would like to see like <sighs> BDG go uh the um Jordan Peele route. What what was the, the horror piece he did that was the um make make thousands of dollars at home with this one one weird trick? That horror piece was, that was quite amazing. something. Yeah. Yes. Money's just appearing in my account. I don't know where it's coming it's time from. Time traveling or something. Isn't it? Yeah, it's um. Yeah. Oh, it's something. Well, yeah, I like a little bit of horror and like just with so little. Just like here is a room, here is yeah here is a single person. Just I I would love to see him make a long form piece of horror. Yeah, definitely. he knows horror. Hmm. What about you? Got any others? Ah, uh, not really. I don't think. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. La la, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, are you starting to occasionally go out to get groceries and I'm, stuff? I mean, oca- occasionally. Yeah, occasionally I go outside and there's people everywhere. Had to had to have a doctor's appointment or something at some point. Ah, uh, yeah. You notice that there's people out there now. Yeah, there are. Yeah, the, with the chin straps. If you're lucky. And the nose dick hanging out. Yeah, if you're lucky. And they're not just not wearing a mask at all. <laughs> that too. Well, it might be in their pocket. You don't know them. 
Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I... Every time I see them, I just want to scream. Well, <gasps> you are in luck. I'm in luck. That's you are in luck, because so today's sponsor are soundproof face masks. <gasps> Tell me more. Are you constantly wanting to just scream at the sight of all these people? Just, ah! ah! Well, now you can, and they won't be able to hear you because soundproof face mask. Ah, oh, this is gonna do. This is gonna be really helpful for when I don't have a pair of titties to scream into. I mean, you. Yeah, I don't think they'll let you do that in the street. No, but like, it's a portable equivalent. This is great. Well, I noticed that some of them are titty shaped, <gasps> so that'll be good for you. Oh, I can scream just into bury some... your face in them and just ah! scream myself into a titty mask. Yeah. Oh, they... wonderful. Just like. They they reckon they can get rid of up to ten decibels. Ooh. That's a good amount of screaming. Yeah. I don't know how loud the average scream is, but uh, more than ten decibels. Well, there you go. I think some scream will get out, but like a socially acceptable amount. Yeah, and people at a, a distance probably won't hear just it. Just do a quiet scream. Ah, no, do the full scream. Do the full scream. Ah, uh, that's. Soundprooffacemask.lol.net Enter the code QNPS158 um, and, and get 35% off your first pair of, of Diddy Mask for screaming. Oh, just, just the Diddy Mask, not any of the other Soundproof Masks. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that's sponsored by us. You can get one that's blue and one that's red. And they're both... signify each of us. Yeah, and they're both Diddy Masks. Diddy Masks. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Soundproofmask.lol.net Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've got more updates on that, uh, that, that, uh, war game we've been working on. Oh, yeah, yeah, the war game. Yeah, the one Another war game in our long well, line. yeah, I know games. there's a lot of them, but I'm specifically talking about that one set in, like, a real-world conflict from, like, a decade ago. Wars aren't real. I know, right? But, like, it's the one in which, you know, the US might have used, you know... Wep- chemical weapons as broke, is their you know. god-given right exactly you know who's to say that america can't break the geneva convention i mean that sounds foreign and i'm sure we wouldn't have signed up for that exactly exactly so you know how we said the game you know not political not political not political no because then you know we have to take a side yeah if you shoot a gun at someone they die no matter their politics therefore guns are not political exactly they got upset we platitudes. We gave them platitudes. We gave them platitudes, and it did not work. Okay. They, they still are upset that we're taking a very real you know, war and making it, trying to make it apolitical. So I've been thinking. Yeah. What if we change nothing about the game? I like that. And just tell them it's political now. Okay. Just political. We're not going to pick a side. We're no, gonna we're not going to say what, you know, what the side is. You know, yeah, sure. We're going to be playing as the heroes. America saving the day by murdering everyone with illegal Geneva Convention breaking chemical weapons. But I mean, that's what the heroes would do. Yeah, but right? we don't put like at a, any cost. Yeah, but like we don't put a green sign pointing at them that says this one's the hero. And therefore, you know, maybe it's interpretation. But. Surely they can just tell by the strength of their jaw, jaws and their... Uh, well, yeah, their, their exactly. Their weapon. Well, this is it. Is, you know, the people who like the American military can look at it and go, ah, yes, of course, America is the win- the winners because they're doing all that good killing. Yeah, and the, the people good who, killing as opposed yeah. to the bad terrorist killing. And all the people who, you know, don't like killing can be like, ah, oh, this game is so gratuitous. That's clearly the point. You know, it wants me, it wants me to hate these uh, military people I already hate. Oh, yeah, they'll pl- probably see it as like arty or... or a comment on something or a searing indictment of exactly what if we just like you know we we start you know reviewing the game on steam ourselves and we just put some reviews about like ah uh the politics are about how this game is actually anti-american war and if you don't see that you're uh silly poo-poo head you are a fucking genius i know so (gasps) what have you put in your ears. I've put some new music in my ears new this week. New music. Uh, but before I tell you what it is, I, tunes. I have a thing I need to say because it's it's stuck in my head and I should have said it during the played. The tagline for Pokerom was gotta learn them all. Gotta learn them all. Which is, as Twitch chat pointed out the other night, a bad punchline because you could have had gotta match them all. Because it's about matching the maths numbers. Gonna match them all. Pokemon. 
See? Are they all maths puzzles? They're all maths matching puzzles. All 23 discs, all five levels on each disc, maths matching puzzles. Huh. Yes. I did 30 levels of maths matching. Well. Anyway, music that I have listened to this week. Um, I found a band called Crawlers um, via a TikTok. Uh, in which they oh, yeah. they described their music as uh, uh, what was it? It was something. Are you a, a, um, are you, are you an ex emo? Yeah, are you an ex emo kid or are you gay? <laughs> are you an ex emo kid who's now gay or something like that? Yeah, something something to that effect. And I was like, you have my attention. I will check out your music. Um, <laughs> so I, I listened to a track called Placebo. Uh, it's very low and grimy rock track. Um, but got quite a fast pace to it. Uh, the the vocalist has a really unique um, voice, very melodic but low uh, pitched. Um, clear grunge influences in the vocals, but more melody. Um, very rebellious punk energy, very catchy chorus. Real, real fun track. <laughs> uh, the other one I listened to there from them was uh, called Hush. Uh, it is bass guitar driven, which you don't Ooh. get at nearly enough bass guitar driven rock. Um, <laughs> The best way I can describe this track is... Did you see the Scott Pilgrim movie? Yes. Okay, you know the, the enemy band in the Battle of the Bands? Um, yes. Yeah, I could imagine that band in the Scott Pilgrim movie playing this track. That That's the energy it has. Um, kind of urgent and frantic in places, but in a fun way. Um, it's really nice to hear such a sort of fast-paced rock track driven by the bass guitar. Hmm. Um, I do like a bass guitar. Yeah, that's that's some tracks. Should I keep going with what I've listened to? Keep going. Um, I also listened to a um, a trans punk band. Ooh. Uh, so the track's called Oh Julie uh, by a band called Trigger Warning and the Safe Spaces. I think you've mentioned them before at some point. Uh, I don't think I have. I believe this is my first awareness okay. of them. Um, so it's sort of like very, very rough and ready DIY punk band, but like... Clearly a lot of their tracks are a little bit tongue-in-cheek lyrically. Um, oh, Julie is a track about how shit Julie Bindle is. Yeah. Um, so it starts off as this sort of, like, uh, slow, gentle track about Julie Bindle being you know, pretty pretty overwhelmingly shit. You know, she's not very good at riding a bike. She's not very good at doing various things. And then in the middle, it goes into this breakdown about how she's not very good at making arguments about why trans women aren't valid as women, because there are no good valid arguments to make about that. And then it kicks into a highly energetic, very raw punk track about Julie Bindle sucking ass. <laughs> uh, it's a Fun bit of music. Um, Julie Bindle's a turf, if anyone doesn't know. That's all you need to know. Julie Bindle's a turf. Yeah, I I looked through a couple of their other tracks. Uh, They have a lot of really interesting punk tracks about basically just pushing back against turfs and their whole trans people existing is problematic and dangerous rhetoric. Um, They're a good band. They're, they're, They're very, like... A couple of people throwing music together in their garage level punk. Yeah. Which is nice. Nice punk. Um, and I listened to a band called Warriors. Uh, and their, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, yes, and their, their track, Most Space. Um, it's another band with some sort of punk influences and some trans members. Uh, this time a bit more polished, a bit more sort of like studio punk. Um, about wanting to be able to take up space and that to be okay. Mm-hmm. It was a big mood. Um, that's the music I've listened to. What about you? Some good music. I've listened to some music as well. And also some, some, some influence music, uh, I listened to, uh, the Tron soundtrack by Wendy Carlos. Oh! Yeah, I've been, because I've been doing, like, lots of, uh, writing music and sound design and stuff, like, um, obviously there was all that stuff recently, the BBC put out, like, some old videos of, uh, Wendy talk, talking through her, um, beautiful Moog synthesizer. Um, yeah, I was like, you know, well, I'll listen to that. Hadn't listened to the Tron soundtrack in years. Completely forgot that, you know that, that there's a couple of tunes that I keep randomly slipping into whenever I'm, like, practicing piano. Usually because it's like, oh, I, f- I accidentally found those notes. I'm now playing basically the theme from the Tron. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, then listen to Switched On Bach, which is also by Wendy Carlos. Uh, listen to some drum and bass. 
Uh, a mix uh, by B, uh, Base Portal Live number 14, also found that on YouTube. Um, it's some fun, upbeat drum and bass that's just what I've been wanting now the sun's back out uh, about an hour and a half long. And some really good tracks on there. The opening track on there is a shock only track by Shot One called Follow Me. Oh, that was a, that was that track you listened to in the kitchen. Yes. Oh, it was a good track. It's a great track. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be back to listening to more music now the sun's out. Because mm-hmm. as soon as the sun's out, all I'm like, forget about podcasts, just put music in me. Mm-hmm. I want something to bop to. Yeah. <laughs> just sat on the steps and listened to music in the sun today. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. So that Follow Me track, it uses, I don't know what the text-to-speech is for it. I feel like maybe it's like an Ableton plug-in or something that's default, mm. because I'm pretty sure it's the same voice that Adam Freeland used on We Want Your Soul back in the early 2000s. Mm. And it's very much got that sort of vibe of just going to list off things about the state of the world <laughs> and stuff, and and that is important that you obey or follow me on yeah. TikTok, on YouTube. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's a really good upbeat driving track that I had a lot of fun with, and the rest of that, um, I'm trying to remember what the, there was another track in there by, uh, Fox Stevenson, mm. uh, The Don't Care Crown is mm. another track in there that I really liked. It's a really, that, that's all on, on B's mix on Baseball All Live number 14. Had a lot of fun with those, and yeah. that is everything I've listened to. Uh, the only other thing I've listened to is I I've got back up to date on Stella Firma because I can pay attention uh, to fiction again now. Um, uh, we talked about this before. It's that podcast about two people who have to design planets. Um, well, that's where it starts. That's it? where it starts. Um, I'm very ready for the inevitable end point of this series, and we keep sort of building like, oh, is this it? Is this it? No, it's not yet. But like, there was a point, like, within the last couple of weeks where I'm thinking, oh, I reckon this yeah. is probably going to finish about the same time as Magnus. And now I'm not so sure. Yeah. So, uh, as a narrative podcast, uh, some of the more recent episodes did a very, very, very good job of really getting you to believe that the positive thing that is being striven for can happen. Um, and, and not... They did a very good job of making me not even consider that it might not work. And that's a good bit of storytelling if you can get me to forget about the fact that maybe this won't work. Uh, and, and like, if you listen back to it, like, yeah. everyone have been said it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, but hope. Hope. Yeah. Oh. Oh, David. Oh, David. David's. Hopefully some. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna get David's hopefully some freedom. Maybe one day. <laughs> uh, well, that's everything I've listened to this week. Well then, time for this. Are you some kind of fool? No. Don't you want money, you nincompoop? I do. The sheer level of buffoonery is outrageous. Gee, I am the exploitation of the working class today. With just £250, you could invest in Amazon stocks. Amazon stocks, you could be rich beyond the riches of others. You didn't do it before. You didn't do it when there was previously opportunities to invest in Amazon stocks. Do it now. Exploit the working classes. Oh, I was talking to someone the other day about cat people versus dog people. Yeah. I don't understand dog people. I don't either, no. No, cat person all the way. Cats are, you know, respectful of of space. Mm -hmm. You know, they're quiet. Mm -hmm. They're they're gentle. They poop in one place and that is easily disposed of into a bag. Exactly. You don't have to go take them outside. You know, they can just sort of potter around. Yeah. They're so cuddly. They purr. They do. They don't dribble. They don't dribble. They don't lick your face. Yeah. They're delightful. They don't make noise at all hours. Exactly. They don't bark. But barking's not a technology they have. They don't, they don't chase, like, people that come to the door. Exactly. I will never understand dog people. I am a cat person all the way. Same. Absolutely same. Ding dong. Oh, oh my god. Oh, it's oh, oh, it's post- postman. Post- postman. Post- post- oh, post- oh, I'm so excited. Oh, post. Oh, post. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, post. 
Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. You, you mean that uh, up to much? Uh, no, still, you know, I know... I've noticed people are sort of starting to slip out of the lockdown a little bit. Yeah. The fact that some people, not them, have been vaccinated is like, ah, it's safe now, isn't it? Well, yeah, you know. I'll have mine soon. I might as well go out now. Well, it was nice to see uh, International Women's Day the other day. You know, a lot of good celebrations around that. Yeah, yeah. It's nice seeing a lot of uh, uh, trans women getting some love on that as well. Yeah, it was nice to see people being included in that. Not so nice seeing the, uh, oh, the, the non-binary. Pe- the people trying to be like women and non-binary. So it's like, no, no. Non-binary no. people have their own day. They exactly. Just, they don't need to muscle in on, on Women's Day. But, Ugh. you know, there are, you know, some people that, that straddle that slightly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's not to say that you can't be non-binary and identify as a woman, but companies that say non-binary and women typically are not thinking about non-binary women yeah yeah they are typically going non-binary equals women of course speaking of trans people you know we've got uh got the whole census oh thing the census yeah, yeah, yeah. coming out soon it's nice to know that uh there are options for people who want to solo fill in their forms but uh yeah yeah it's uh <sighs> I've seen a lot of discussion about how trans people should be filling in the census because uh, there's been a lot of turf bullshit this year trying to be like, hey, hey, trans people should have to, you know, list a sex at birth, you know, you should out yourself as trans on the census. And it's a bullshit thing that they're trying to is, I mean, like, considering that it's trans people have been putting their, their lived gender for fucking ever, as far as I can tell. Exactly, on, on yeah, yeah. Is, Senses. Sen- censuses. Sensei. The census. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I've seen a lot of like, oh, well, what what do the rules say I should be doing currently, etc. And, you know, I'm not here to tell anyone to break any, any, you know, implied or implicit rules, but the census is entirely uh, anonymized for a hundred years. Your census entry is not going to be applicable, like, impaired to you in your lifetime. No. So, if you put your live gender down on that form, no one's going to fucking stop you. No. Like, no matter what fights may be happening to be like, oh, well, you, you know, who might be saying you should fill it out a certain way. No one's going to stop you putting your lived experience on that form. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, people, as I said, people have been doing it since, you know, the, the census in the UK is like every decade. And, you know, certainly people have been doing it. I think I'm pretty sure I did it 10 years ago. Probably didn't do it 10 years ago, 10 years before that, because, but, you know, there are, you know, elder trans people who've certainly been, you know, their entire adult lives been filling in the census as their correct gender. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I, I wanted to just be like, hey, don't feel like you you are forced to dead name and misgender and out yourself on the census. Yeah, and you know, also don't feel that you have to worry too much about your family because you can apply for a a, a solo code exactly. for that, and that will overwrite anything your family write on there. So exactly. So if your family do one and say that you are one way, and then you apply for a solo one and and say something different. You will be recorded, you know, anonymously as, you know, yourself. And they won't find out for a hundred years. So exactly. Probably, probably, a bit late late for them. probably not a problem by then. No, probably not. Yeah. Oh, virtual hug. Yes, mate, yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Maybe by August. I'm hoping by the summer. That'd be nice, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you look sorry, uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. You were uh, going to slip off to bed then? Uh, I think that's the plan. Good move. Nice, nice. Nice. To Laura. Huh. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet? Me then? on the internet. Mm. Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays from 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific for about three hours, uh, after which I raid over to Comrade's stream. Uh, you can find me on YouTube every Friday uploading episodes of Accessibility, which is all about accessibility and representation in the games industry. Also, I do closed captions for the Jimquisition every week. That goes up on a Monday. 
uh, closed caption should be up within an hour of the episode being live, if not sooner. Um, I've got books. Um, Uncomfortable Labels, that's about being an autistic trans woman. Um, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, that's about video game character butts and images of them and developers talking about them. And there's Gen Euphoria, which releases on June 10th, 2021. That's off to the printers. No stopping it now. Uh, it's, it's, it's got quite some quotes on it. I'm very excited. Hey, no stopping it now. It's on the print. It's on the print. And at some point soon, I'm going to be signing it. Ah, that's going to happen <laughs> again. Um, also, podcasts. Um, Pixel Squirt. It's a bit about video game porn. We talk about video game porn. Uh, Podquisition. We tell you whether your favourite video games are great or perfect and definitely don't talk about politics. And then there's Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every season's its own little self-contained story. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, seven, and now season eight, which has just had its first episode. Uh, you can enjoy our little Animal Crossing adventure town with a person who has a, a, a dead body that's full of slime and has a has a skull for a boob. Scoob. Uh, you, you, you've got a little octopus goblin. Which I'm very excited to play. It's going to be a fun season. Go, like. go check out Dice Funk Season 8. You don't need to have listened to any previous seasons. You can jump in right there if you like. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, well, we, we do a thing together, right? We do. I, I didn't know whether to use that. I know that I know that thing we do together is going to air for a while. But in my head, I was like, ah, oh, we finished recording that. I don't use that as the transition anymore. <laughs> We do Polyamory, it's a D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals. We recorded the final episode the other day. I had a bit of a cry. It was beautiful, it was wonderful. At we... one point there were 17 people in the initiative order. There's no I... wonder I was crying over a calculator during the final half hour of that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was so much to calculate, but... No one else is going to hear it for a little while yet because we've got yeah. lots of episodes to edit. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's a whole fun thing that we did, and I'm looking forward to people hearing it all because put a lot of effort and yeah. a lot of everything into. I'm that. glad we got to tell the rest of that story. I am super happy that we got to to do that too. Um, even if as a DM, like things didn't go the way I was expecting them to. That's the joy of dice rolling. <laughs> yep. You can't... You, you don't do D&D as a DM to tell your story. You nope. use it to facilitate the story that everyone wants to tell. Absolutely. And that's why there will be some loose ends. <laughs> I mean, every campaign has some loose ends. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe people will write their own stories around that. <laughs> um, I make music under the name Bedroom Programmer. That's on my separate SoundCloud. Uh, I we've got a Facebook group. I make T-shirts on my Redbubble. I write things on StoneMonkeyRadio.blog. There should be some new board game reviews going up on there very shortly. Uh, I have a YouTube, which is usually just vods of my Twitch streams, which is Twitch.tv/Janiac. We stream on Thursdays at nineteen thirty UK time. Uh, we've got a Twitter and a Patreon. That's the one that pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me justify a seventy-six hour work week, please. Or for little as $10 a month You can get early access to Queer and Pleasant Strangers <gasps> If that's a thing you're interested in Ooh. That usually goes up to to uh, Hot Potatoes On a Wednesday Ooh. Sometimes early afternoon Depends how busy you've been on a Wednesday uh, Yeah, well, that's all of my stuff All of my links can be found at streamerlinks.com Slash Janiac That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C My Patreon is patreon.com Slash Radio. Thank you very much for joining us Laura Sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.